Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Coming up, we continue our NFL previews by division with the AFC West. Chucky, back in action. We look at all four teams and identify the top position battles in training camp. They have to get that running back situation settled. Is it Booker? Is it Freeman? This is not a team that will go by committee. Each team's biggest question mark. Derek Carr, I'd be curious to see the first Chucky meltdown, how he handles it. A newcomer to watch on each team. Anthony Hitchens uh, won because of the big contract they gave him after he was banged up with Dallas last season. And a sleeper or surprise player. They got a steal with Pete J. Hall. I just love that kid. This is the Scouts Honor Podcast with inside information. They got the best defensive back in this draft in Derwin James. And unique perspective. The ever-impatient John Elway, he's never going to be a doctor because he has no patience. From Super Scout Dave T. Thomas and your host, Paul Crane. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Crane, back with the publisher of the NFL Draft Report and director of operations of Scouting Services, Inc., Dave T. Thomas. We continue our NFL previews today with the AFC West. But Dave T., I know everybody's got a lot of questions and all teams have things when they go to camp, but I'm not sure any division has more than the AFC West. And we start with the Denver Broncos as we go alphabetically through these teams. Well, the Denver Broncos, my biggest question over there is, is Vance Joseph's seat hot? I say yes, folks, especially when he shows up to his locker room in training camp and finds asbestos underwear in there. <laughs> I think the big thing that I'm looking at, though, well, Paul, you got to look at what happened last season and why he didn't get the hook at the end of the season. Still a big surprise. Gary Kubiak stepped away from the job two years ago, but then started easing back into the organization last year. Now he's going to serve as a coach consultant. What happens if this team gets off to an 0-4 start? The ever-impatient John Elway, he's never going to be a doctor because the joke is he has no patience. Uh, this is going to be a guy that might say, you know what, time to pull the trigger, and I have a great option just sitting here right in my front office in Kubiak. Kubiak is a quarterback whisperer. You just invested all of that money in Case Keenum. You saw the big blow that they took with uh, uh, going ahead with Paxton Lynch blowing a first-round draft pick alone just right there. Now, Keenum's got to come through. If Vance Joseph can't get into case Keenum said the way that Pat Shermer did last year, this is going to be a team that's going to have a lot of issues, especially at running back. You let a 1,000-yard runner go in C.J. Anderson and turn it over to Devontae Booker, who never met a football he couldn't hold on to, and also Royce Freeman. You do have a problem in your backfield. Compounded the uh, situation is you've got a couple of wide receivers that are a little angry with the offensive system that was in place last year. Um, you will Sanders and Marius Thomas. Will that change this year? Uh, all going to depend on what the front office does with the coaching staff down on the field. Well, you touched a lot of bases there, and I think Bill Musgrave... And that's an gonna, opening sentence. Sure. I but, said that all in one breath. <laughs> Bill, Bill Musgrave's the offensive coordinator, so a lot of that Case Keenum situation falls on him. You mentioned how the Broncos made this big investment in the 
former Viking backup who helped the Vikings get all the way to the NFC Championship game. He signs this big deal with the Broncos. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, at least they're sure-handed, but the rookie running back, Royce Freeman, the, the offense, is that where this team is going to live or die with how successful the offense is, especially, uh, as you mentioned, uh, with the situation of Vance Joseph having to look over his shoulder? Well, I'm hoping in case Keenum doesn't die along the way. He's breaking in a, a, a what do you call it, a Mackey Award tight end as a starter that spent most of the year last year trying to get his knee back into shape in Jake Butt. You look at that offensive line, it looks like reject central. I mean, Manelik uh, Watson, reject from Oakland. Jared Vildier, uh, he was a reject from Arizona. Uh, Billy Turner, a reject from Baltimore. Uh, you look at the guys that they got starting there. I mean, uh, Dallas probably would take Ron Leary back, but Garrett Bowles, as good as he looked, dominating at the left tackle position, every time he made it uh, a great block out there, he was usually called for a holding penalty two minutes later. Well, has that become the most important position battle on this team? What have you identified as the Broncos go to camp? I, I would say running back because they have to get that running back situation settled. Is it Booker? Is it Freeman? This is not a team that will go by committee. And you look at the backups, uh, D'Angelo Henderson, uh, David Williams, uh, Philip Lindsay. It's like, who? <laughs> uh, Paxton Lynch, you may have to earn that first-round paycheck if Case Keenum gets hurt because you're starting with an offensive line where Matt Paradis is an, uh, an average center. Leary is a decent guy, though I wouldn't agree playing him on the left side. Uh, we go back to that wiping your butt with your left hand. I think he's better off on the right side itself. And you got two receivers that are starting to get up in age. Now, I'm not worried about the receiving unit, though, Paul, because of their second-round draft pick. I think this guy's a future all-pro in Cortland Sutton. He's the player from SMU that we thought prior to the draft would be staying in Dallas uh, with the Cowboys. But there he is with the Broncos. And being uh, part of a unit that includes Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel San Sanders, he's in good shape. If the quarterback situation's in good shape, so is have you touched on what would be the Broncos' biggest question heading into camp already? Yeah, my question is going into camp with Devontae Booker listed number one. I think that the kid out of Oregon, Royce Freeman, is a solid back. Reminds me of Steven Jackson when he came out and the Rams grabbed him. Uh, this is a guy, good receiver out of the backfield. He's very alert to picking up the blitz. And he's not only a good inside runner, but he's got that bounceability, you know, to cut back lane moves. I like what he could do out there. Uh, what we're looking at with him is this is a guy that has the potential of being a thousand-yard rusher this year if they use them right they can't wait too long paul they got to make a decision in training camp don't go into the season with keeping auditioning these two guys in the backfield you need keenum to have all of his tools set in place before the season begins and you've already referenced how john elway at the top of this food chain doesn't have any patience and Denver's missed the playoffs for two consecutive years. That'll test anyone's patience. And we haven't even gotten to the defensive side of the ball. So as we search for a newcomer to watch, I don't think there's a bigger rookie for this team than the defensive end, Bradley Chubb, who they got with their first-round pick. 
Oh, most definitely, because Shane Rates, not only still having wrist injuries, this was a guy that was a 2015 first-round pick. Big boss man says, you know what, son, I'm not going to pick up your option, your 50-year option. We'll see what you could do this year. They don't even think he's going to be back uh, in time for the season opener. He's definitely a pup candidate. Uh, a lot of issues with Derek Wolf off the field, uh, health issues, and also some substance stuff going on. So they're left with the Georgia Tech kid who still hasn't really come into his own, Adam Gatsis, and they also have uh, D'Amato Pico playing at the nose guard spot. Behind him, uh, they got Zach Kerr uh, playing left defensive end when he should be at nose guard, uh, and they didn't pick up anything in, in a draft outside of Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb's got to come through for them next to immediately. Any defense that starts with a guy named Von Miller is in pretty good shape, but if there's one newcomer to watch, is Chubb the guy? Yes, but the sleeper there are going to be the two middle linebackers they brought in. They brought in uh, Josie Jewell from Iowa, who I really liked. I don't think Brandon Marshall's uh, in uh, uh, danger of losing his job, but Todd Davis that they got from New Orleans at the other inside linebacker spot could definitely get some competition in training camp. Jewell is a tackling machine. Go back and look at what he did over at Iowa. He was the key to their entire defense. Jackson, the cornerback, might have gotten a lot of play, but it was Jewel that made that team move. So you've identified newcomer and surprise as the Denver Broncos head to training camp. We continue our AFC West preview alphabetical order, which brings us to the Kansas City Chiefs. They've won the last two division titles, but they traded Alex Smith and have put all their chips on second-year quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I would put all my chips on Patrick, too. He is one exciting player to watch out on the football field. And I guess he could thank his daddy's average baseball career for him to decide to throw a pigskin instead of a baseball himself. But this is a kid that when he steps on the field, he's like Deshaun Watson. Hey, Deshaun Watson, to me, is the Michael Jordan of uh, the pro football. Watch what happens to him in a couple of years. But Mahomes, you put him back out there on that football field, something's going to happen. And especially with him picking up a quality wide receiver and Sammy Watkins on the free agent market. Yeah, I want to see that tandem work well together. So the biggest change on this team is really over at the on the other side at cornerback with Marcus Peters being traded. Is that going to become one of the bigger questions on this team? Or where are you looking at things like the most important position battle or the biggest question marks for the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't care what you get from Marcus Peters over here. You just traded the second-best cornerback in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey is my number one. You trade him away. I, I just pity the Rams in the locker room with the personalities they got there with him and the guy that they got from Denver, uh, Talib. Now you got two quality cornerbacks down with the Rams. Denver is sitting over there, and they're going to have to throw a guy that's really never played well. And Keith Reeser at the left cornerback spot. They got to throw Steven Nelson over at the right cornerback spot. And the biggest draft pick that they invested in their corners right now is Traymond Smith. If I'm a cornerback playing the Kansas City Chiefs right now, and I see what they got in the secondary at those two uh, flanks playing man-to-man, I am telling my guys, hey, guys, we're playing schoolyard football, man. Go deep. When you're looking at, for the Kansas City Chiefs, the most important position battle, where is it on this team? 
I think what it's all going to come down to is getting everybody set up as far as who's going to play what position uh, as far as the receivers go. Are they going to use Sammy out as a flanker or are they going to move him over into the slot? I think they're better off keeping Tyreek Hill at the slot playing Connolly and Watkins on the outside. It is a pleasant problem for them because they got three guys that could stretch the field at the wide receiver spot, which Wade and Mahomes throws the ball. And of course, you can never doubt when you got a tight end named Travis Kelsey. So for the Chiefs, they seem to have a lot of solid situations. You love the quarterback in Mahomes. So when it comes to a question mark, does it go back to the defensive side? I go to the offensive side. They didn't invest one draft pick in any of the positions over there. Uh, they got a couple of rejects on their team, hoping to even hang on for a roster spot case in point Cleveland's first-round uh, bust uh, Cameron Irving. I don't even think he's going to survive training camp over here. They're moving the LSU kid uh, to offensive tackle this year after playing tight end for the Tigers and Dylan Gordon, and I think he's going to be a nice sleeper for them. Good, solid pickup that they're going to groom at both of the tackle spots. Uh, I look at the defense. The defense has really got a good, solid 11, but even then they have some issues as far as backups go. Uh, they got uh, Jarvis Jenkins who could come in to spell Alan Bailey at one or attack at the end spots, but I'm not too sure that I would use Breland Speaks as an outside linebacker. I'd much rather see him on the defensive line. I do know that they use a 3-4 scheme over there, but everything's going to revolve around. Does Eric Berry continue to progress coming back from cancer? That's the key to their defense, Paul. Derek Johnson is gone from this team. You mentioned Jarvis Jenkins. You mentioned the team's second-round pick, Breland Speaks. You've talked about a lot of newcomers. Who might be the newcomer to watch for the Kansas City Chiefs? Anthony Hitchens uh, won because of the big contract they gave him after he was banged up with Dallas last season. But if he returns healthy, he's a blue-collar type that could line up with Reggie Raglan. You've got D. Ford and Justin Houston on the outside. I really think that they overstretch by taking him in the third round, but I do think he's going to be a good ball player. That's the kid out of Clemson, Dorian O'Daniel. I think that they're going to spot him a lot. I think they're going to keep him at an inside linebacker instead of playing him on the outside. But with that burst, that speed of him, I'd much rather see him play in the position that Speaks plays, and Speaks moves up to back up Alan Daly at right defensive end. You did reference a sleeper already. Is that your surprise, or is there another player that you've got as a surprise for the Chiefs? Well, I'm real curious to see what they might get out of a quarterback that they sign as a free agent, and that's Chase Litton. He's definitely better than Matt McGloin as far as holding the clipboard, and you never know what Chad Henney's got in the tank in case Mahomes goes down. Everything revolves around Mahomes acting with his tight end, acting with his wide receivers. Tyreek Hill is, how could I put it, their TNT factor. So if Mahomes could go deep with Tyreek Hill, they'll do okay on offense. Defense, they just got to pray that they don't have any injuries. I'm not uh, sure that they're uh, advisable playing Kendall Hill as a nickelback. I think Reeser is their weak link at left corner. And even though that Kendall Fuller does have issues in man coverage, he's way better than what Reeser could bring to the table. Another big year for Andy Reid and his two-time defending division champion Kansas City Chiefs as we move on to the AFC West. Two teams left in an alphabetical order. That brings us to the Los Angeles Chargers. Philip Rivers, he's back for another year. It seems like, just like when he was at NC State, Dave T, it was like he, he played in college, it felt like, for seven or eight years. Now he's been around forever, but he's still pretty good. However, 
He's got Keenan Allen, no Antonio Gates, and last year's number one, Mike Williams, had a back injury, and, and they've already lost tight end Hunter Henry to an ACL. How about Phillip Rivers and the Chargers? You know, Antonio Gates reminds me of a long marriage. You have a great marriage, next thing you know, your husband strays. He takes off with a young hottie. A couple of months later, knock, knock, knock on the door. Honey, could you take me back? That's right now what the, uh, the Chargers are doing. Okay, we have Mr. Henry over here. Time to cut the albatross, the guy with the big contract that only had 30 receptions last year. Yeah, but when Mr. Henry went down and the only thing you did at tight end was bringing in the best block and tight end in football and Virgil Green, somebody's got to catch the ball. So now they're trying to go back. Dealing with the issue with Antonio, and Antonio's got hurt feelings. I mean, if this deal was going to get done, it would have gotten done already. Now we're getting ready, tick, tick, tick. Training camp's about to open. He missed all of uh, all of OTAs. He missed minicamp. Okay, he's worked well with Philip Rivers before, so it's not much for him to get up to snuff. But you're bringing the guy back in with hurt feelings. You're bringing the guy back with another year on his birth certificate. What will they get from Antonio Gates? That's going to be the $64 question going throughout the season. Really an interesting situation because he and... Obviously, Philip Rivers, as I referenced, not getting any younger. This team added Mike Pouncey at the center position, but what are what are some of the most important position battles or the most important position battle on the Los Angeles Chargers? Well, I know one position battle that won't take place, and that's that strong safety because they got the best defensive back in this draft in Darwin James. I love Denzel Ward, don't get me wrong, but there is something about uh, James out there. It, it, it strikes me the similarities between him and his best buddy, Jalen Ramsey. You got a guy that makes Willie Sutton proud as a, a, a pass thief and Casey Hayward in that secondary. If Jason Verrett could return to form and stop being so injured over here, we got three qualities in that back end. Now, if they could get the front end straightened out, they'll do okay. The big problem with them right now is getting Corey Lugit back on the field, but with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa coming in and attacking the quarterbacks on every play, yeah, this is going to be one aggressive defense out on there on the field. What they do have to do, though, man, they have to get their offensive line straight. I mean, Russell Okung, we're talking Seattle, we're talking Denver. This is a guy that's really fallen by the wayside and still getting these big contracts from a lot of teams. Now they're entrusting him at the left tackle spot. you got Forrest Lamp returning from injuries. you got Mike Pouncey, who will forever have the Gus Otto type of hip injuries out there on the football field. So if Pouncey goes down, if Lamp can't make it back because he did just recently suffer a second knee thing, uh, Dan Feeney will probably have to move into center, so that weakens your guard positions. Michael Schofield, Donovan Clark, these are not guys I want as my starter if one of my guys on my front unit go down. Would that qualify as the biggest question mark or the running back situation solid with Melvin Gordon, but a lot of inexperience after that? Where where do you identify perhaps the biggest question heading into camp for the Chargers? Well, some might say it could be the backup running spot, but what I look at is probably a position battle taken at linebacker between Kyle Emanuel and Uchina Nawasu, who they just took from USC. They want another impact type, and what you look at is is that 
uh, a manual is not really the most physical type out there. That's why the Trojan kid could probably come in and win a starting position over there. The biggest question for them going into camping, you saw last year, it was like basically a weekend audition. They need themselves a place kicker. So of the newcomers you've mentioned, you just mentioned Nawasu, the second-round pick. Who's the key newcomer or one to watch for this team? I would say seventh-round draft pick Justin Jackson. He did well for uh, Northwestern the last four years carrying a ball. And if Melvin Gordon needs a breather, they got themselves a pretty decent guy for a pretty cheap price in round seven. Sure enough, for the seventh-round pick. So as you look for a surprise on this roster, where are the Chargers going to find a surprise player? Adrian Phillips might not be long for the free safety spot if they get smart and move another one of the white boys over to free safety, fourth-round draft pick Kaiser White. We saw what he did at West Virginia last year. This kid could pack a wallop with the hits. Uh, Between Phillips and Jalen Watkins, neither one of them I see as a quality free safety for this team. They got three other defensive backs that are in place if Jason Vera could get out of the doctor's office. As we continue our look at the AFC West, we close alphabetically with a team that has certainly had a lot of intrigue, if not drama, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. That's the Oakland Raiders, and it all begins with the unbelievable contract that was given to John Gruden to return to the Raiders and leave the broadcast booth. It bleeds all the way down through Khalil Mack and, and so much more, but let's start with the Oakland Raiders now under John Gruden. Chucky, back in action. God, I tell you one thing. Thank God they gave him the 10-year contract and not Lane Kiffin because Al Davis would be rolling over in his grave right now. Well, Al's probably rolling over anyway, but I know it's not in heaven. (laughs) Uh, It it was a strange draft, though. I mean, they moved up to get Colton Miller, and I say why. They could have stayed where they were in a draft and still found them there. This is a big, tall drink of water, but he only had one decent season for UCLA. So uh, it's a question of this was why I would go out there and try to invest in him. But then, too, you look at the third-round draft pick. If that kid comes through and plays like he played in 2016 and leaves all of his off-field distractions behind, they could have a steal in Auden Key. However, the biggest key right now going into training camp is one thing, getting the Mac attack with a new signed contract, because if not, that could be a problem if Khalil's not there uh, when they open the season. Well, you said it. Arden Key would probably be a lot better if Khalil Mack was in front of him in camp to get thrown up uh, to a starting spot. Might be a little quick for the rookie out of LSU, but where's the most important position battle for the Oakland Raiders with all they have going on? I'd be worried if I'm a defensive tackle with the Oakland Raiders because they got a steal with P.J. Hall. I just love that kid. That kid could get to the quarterback no tomorrow. To me, he's like a poor man's John Randall. And then to find a kid with a bad heart still sitting around in round five of Maurice Hurst, you get the value out of this kid, what he did over at Michigan. Uh, you look at two new starting defensive tackles on that team. He's going to be uh, lining up behind Mack. I guess it's more so as a point where if Mack is a holdout. They do have Tank Carradine and Frosty Rucker around just in case uh, Key isn't ready. Uh, You look at the linebackers that they have, they do have an issue at weak outside linebacker. Uh, Jurian Connolly, we're just hoping that they get some good play out of him out there on the football field this year. With Derek Carr showing some flashes of being a pretty good quarterback when he's healthy, 
Uh, now a big question mark might be at wide receiver. Uh, Amari Cooper coming off a year where he clearly wasn't very happy. And Dave T, we talked about it when these signings happened. The Raiders have added some aging receivers. They've got Jordy Nelson, ex of the Packers, uh, Martavis Bryant in a trade from Pittsburgh. What, what do you see when you look at maybe biggest question marks on this Raider team? Well, we still haven't gotten an issue back if Montavious Bryant is going to be playing this year. There was rumors that right after the trade that he was having trouble with the P-Cup again, and nothing's come out of the front of, uh, from the front office or the NFL office on the situation there. Understand one thing. Green Bay had to cut Jordy Day, uh, Nelson. They needed to add some young blood, and also they had the cap issue there. Still, this guy's lost more than one step out there on the football field. Those injuries definitely caught up with them. I'm more concerned about the backfield, though, Marshawn Lynch, if that was beast mode last year, that was a chipmunk mode instead of a beast. Then they bring in Doug Martin, and they compound the problem there because they have two aging running backs with a crescent pedigree going forward. Uh, Derek Carr, I'd be curious to see the first Chucky meltdown, how he handles it. You know, he is a tough quarterback, but he did have issues with, uh, you know, when he, he, some people get in his face. You got a very disgruntled 36-year-old left tackle and Donald Penn that wants more money, more money, more money. But then they drafted a sleeper that we talked about in the third round on the North Carolina A&T, and that's Brandon Parker. I see him as their future at left tackle. Unfortunately, it won't be this year because you can't start two rookies at your tackle positions, and Colton Miller is not only penciled in, he's in there with Choppy at the right tackle spot. The number one pick in Colton Miller. So you've mentioned a lot of newcomers. Who might be the newcomer to watch on the Raiders? Hurst. Hurst, Hurst, did they get any value out of Hurst over here? It's like stealing a first round in round five. I'm really pushing for the kid. You know, when a kid ends up with something that was not his but genetic, I'm worried about that. At tight end, I think they got a good sleeper that they picked up on free agency in the Ohio State kid, Marcus Barr. Jared Cook, outstanding H-back type, but Barr will bring some more muscle out there as far as blocking goes. So as we put a wrap on the Oakland Raiders, a surprise player or a sleeper? Well, it better be fifth-round draft pick Johnny Townsend because as soon as Chucky got in, he booted one of the best. Okay. Pardon the pun there, booted. But he booted their, uh, one of the top hunters in the NFL and Marquise King. Now he's turning everything over to a rookie. Okay, a punter is a punter is a punter. But when you're going into this thing with relatively a reject, that place kicker, and a rookie punter, your special teams better learn real quick. So how much work does John Gruden have to do to make it, well, an acceptable season for the Oakland Raiders? Uh, I look at this team, and I'm hoping they won eight. I don't think this is playoff caliber yet. I think Chucky's going to have to come to the realization after the season is over with those 30-plus guys and not going to get them to the Super Bowl. It's going to be the young wheels that are going to do it. We will see what happens and save the predictions for another day. But that completes our look at the AFC West. Remember the Scouts Honor podcast looking at every division in the AFC and NFC. You can follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, email Dave T at scoutingservices at AOL.com. Scoutingservices at AOL.com. Any thought, question on a player idea, we'll take some of the best and put them together for a future podcast. But for now, Dave T, thank you, and thank you for listening. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.